How many of y'all did what I used? I used to clean my house up when I was still drinking because I was always going to die. About every three months, I had some kind of terminal illness. And I didn't want my kids to come in. I'd take my drug paraphernalia and my porn and all that stuff, and I'd throw it all away, and I'd clean the house. And So they'd come in and think their dad was this wonderful guy. And hell, six weeks later, it's all back. And that's the way I used to try to address things. I'm going to clean me up. And what I've experienced in here, the only thing that can change my life is the power of God. And the only way I've ever experienced that power is through the 12-step program of AA. But the secrets will kill us. Well, hello, friends of Bill W. and other friends. You have landed on Sober Speak. My name is John M. I am an alcoholic, and we are glad you are all here, especially newcomers. Newcomers, that is, both to recovery as a whole and newcomers to this podcast. Sober Speak is a podcast about recovery centered around the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. My job here on Sober Speak is simple. My job is to provide a platform to the amazing stories of recovery all around us. Consider Sober Speak, if you will, your meeting between meetings. Please remember, we do not speak for AA or any 12-step community. We represent only ourselves. We are here to share our experience, strength, and hope with those who wish to come along for the ride Take what you want and leave the rest at the curb for the trash man to pick up. Buenos dias or buenas noches. That was the voice of our friend, Mr. Gary Kay, that you heard at the beginning of this here episode number 278. And you're going to be hearing so much more from him in just a moment, but... First things first, this here episode is being brought to you by Jamie and Reuben and John and Marie and Michelle and Todd and Terry and Kurt. What, you may say to yourself, did Jamie and Reuben and John and Marie and Michelle and Todd and Terry and Kurt do to deserve such recognition? Well, they went to our Website, www.soberspeak.com. They clicked on the little yellow donate tab and they made a contribution. So thank you so much again, Jamie and Ruben and John and Marie and Michelle and Todd and Terry and Kurt. This here episode is coming right out to Ewan's. Thank you so much for helping us keep the virtual lights on. All right, I have a little bit of piece, a little bit of piece. I have a, a piece of listener feedback that I want to read here at the beginning of this episode, and we'll have plenty more at the end of this episode, but and then we will get right on into Mr. Gary K. And this one comes in from Joe. Joe writes in and he says, Hey, John, I wanted to share with you my love of your podcast. I am fairly new in sobriety. As such, I have had some difficult times. In searching for online help, I came across Soberspeak. 
At first, I was very skeptical as I kept hearing everyone talk about God. Being a queer slash gay person who grew up in a very Catholic family and community in the 70s, I have some issues with the religion. From a very young age, I knew I was gay, and I kept hearing how I was unlovable and an aberration, and that I was going to hell, and I had no chance of escaping my fate. So, I continued listening, and I heard many stories and my fears in other people's stories. I heard how they successfully navigated their challenges and traumas. Then one day, I heard queer voices talking about God and finding their higher power on your podcast. Wow, he puts in big capital letters. I heard people who had to find coping strategies at young ages to hide their identities and how they internalized their hatred. I saw myself in their shares more clearly and how my fear ruled my life. John, your podcast helped me in moments of loneliness when the phone was too heavy to use and I needed to find a sense of of ease and comforts. Many times you helped evict the squirrels in my head. (laughs) That's a good way to put that, Joe. Uh, I tell everyone in the rooms and even some uh, of my family members who are active in addiction and drinking, if they can better understand what's going on with their loved ones, then they are more able to, uh, to help them find their hope and life. Your podcast, John, and the local queer AA group in Winnipeg called Celebrate Recovery. He says, I know, shameless plug, (laughs) have brought me to a place in life where I am truly happy. Now I take the message out and I am active in the recovery community. Thank you so much, John, for being a great resource and for your service, Joe D. That was great, Jody. And for those of you, uh, anybody who is listening out there uh, at Celebrate Recovery in Winnipeg, uh, my tip of the hat to you. Uh, I'm glad you all have a, a wonderful group out there. And Jody, God bless you. And thank you for writing in. I, I wrote back and I said, hey, you just made my day and uh, I appreciate it. God bless you, Jody. God bless you. All right, now on to Mr. G- Gary K. And this is the second piece of Gary K. Uh, live in 2022. And the reason I'm calling it live in 2022, number one, we recorded this in December of 2022, but Gary Kay was actually on a, a Zoom live meeting that I had, I don't know, like a couple of years ago during the, the height of COVID. And so I have another live uh, event with him. So I called this one 2022, but this is Gary 2022 at a Sober Speak live event. As I said on the last episode or the previous episode, it was a great time. Gary came in. It was just a gathering of friends. We had quite a few people there. We were able to ask Gary some questions. And, uh, oh, I just loved our time together. So anyway, this is the finale. This is the crescendo. This is the wrap-up of that particular uh, event that we had. I know you're going to enjoy it. And I will have plenty more 
of listener feedback at the end of this episode. Enjoy, Gary. And if you need to get in touch with me, feel free to reach out at John, J-O-H-N, at SoberSpeak.com. I would love to hear from you about Gary or any of the other speakers or anything that you have in mind. Enjoy, Gary. And Ricky has a, uh, in fact, on the SoberSpeak website, a uh, it's called How to Take Someone Through the Steps. Uh, we sent out an email about it, and uh, I'd go to the website and check it out if you haven't. So I want to make sure, I don't know, uh, Casey, if there's anybody back there who has sent in a question from out in the Ethernet somewhere. Uh, we do have some questions. Okay, go ahead. So this is from Leanne. Leanne says, I'm 18 months sober and seem to be struggling with the action portion in the program. I've been very active in AA, excuse me, working the steps with a sponsor, having a service position, attending meetings and sponsoring. Now it's a struggle to get to a meeting. What do you have to say about doing things even when you don't want to? Was there a point in your sobriety that you went through something similar? What did you do? I'm not sure I heard all of going to meetings when you don't want to. here up here but um, uh, yeah it was about the action part of the program uh, even when you don't want to did I sum that right sum that right? Yeah. Yeah. well did you ever drink when you didn't want to yeah. I did uh, the whole, there's not an action part of the program the whole program is action uh, in my experience uh, I got led to page 14 very early, and it's been an integral part of my life ever since then. The alcoholic who fails to perfect and enlarge their spiritual life through two hours of prayer every morning. No, wait, it doesn't say that. (laughs) Through journaling, no, what does it say? through work and self-sacrifice for others, will not be able to meet the certain, and Bill mentions that all through the the certain trials and low spots. Life's going to keep coming. And the way that I grow spiritually is to be sharing with other people. And I can tell you a hundred times or not more, I'll get a phone call from somebody, Gary, I need a ride to the meeting tonight. You know, 20 minutes before the meeting. And I'm thinking, good God Almighty, am I the only person doing anything for AA here? (laughs) You know, why they always call me? And I'll say, okay, I'll pick you up. And I've had that attitude many, many times. And by the time I come home that night, it's like I'm walking on air. So one of the major things at 18 months was a time that probably I just began to understand the way I feel is absolutely not important. It's what I do. And I had it ground into me by example where I got sober that I will act my way into feeling different. I will not feel my way into acting different. It goes back to that first long answer of experience. I experienced my alcoholism. I didn't learn it. And I will not learn recovery. I must experience it. 
You know, I've said it that I experienced my descent into the pits of hell. And I'm a guy that had three master's degrees when I got here. I'm totally unemployable. I'm educated far beyond my intelligence. I'm not marketable in anything. But I wanted to learn recovery. You know, if I could maybe do therapy at the same time, if I could journal this, if I could hear the right person, if I could go to this group, I could learn something. And we had a guy in Odessa, his name was James Ford. Maybe the ugliest, physically ugliest human being I've ever seen in my life. He could touch his nose to his chin, and he had all his teeth. And I probably listened, and this is in answer to the, the question about the 18 months. I probably listened to James a half dozen times in those first six weeks. All of our medium, meetings were podium meetings. You got called, you went up the podium, and you spoke. And he would say, my name's James Ford, and I'm a crazy alcoholic. I can't read or write. I can't even sign my own name. My sponsor gave me that big book on tape, and he let me do my inventory on a tape recorder. And I haven't had a drink since April 26 of 1980. And I had listened to that and listened to that, and then finally one night I heard it. For me, there's a lot of a huge difference between listening and hearing. I'm a great listener. It, it's, hearing's a different thing. And I thought, good God Almighty, I can read and write in three languages, but I can't not not drink. Maybe this is not going to be learned. Maybe I just need to do the actions these people are asking me to do. And by these people, it was my sponsor and his sponsor and that little group. Uh, and they were, they were active till the... I've never gone longer than five days without being in a meeting of AA. I've been blessed with good health. Uh, early on, there were almost 400 meetings a week in Midland, Odessa. But I also don't believe that going to meetings is a recovery program. It may be a recovery program. It's just not the big book recovery program. But they told me very early, you go to meetings to take the solution. And that's the reason I've been going ever since then. You know, I've been given this gift of sobriety. And it might be the night. And in Sulphur Springs, how many others are in small town AA? No, we would have nights. There might be three people show up at the meeting. A big meeting would be ten. And I would think, you know, what if my kid was going to his first meeting? I want the door to be open. I want somebody like Ricky to be there. I want somebody that he's going to get what Bill talks about. And as Bill sees it, I think it's page 105. I'm not sure. Our job is to present an adequate demonstration of Alcoholics Anonymous. And... We go to uh, share about what's happened rather than thank God I've never been one of those people that, oh, I need a meeting. I got to go make a meeting. Uh, now, I've needed them a thousand times probably, but the, the program of what to do 
to meet our needs is usually go help somebody. It's, uh, I, I, anybody else have a lot of romance problems? <laughs> Boy, early on, I just, took me three years to find out a woman was a drink on two legs for me, you know. It's, uh, I was looking to change the way I felt, you know. And I went in one night, went to Evelyn Coger's kitchen, and I just got my little heart broken one more time, and I walked in. I love that. She had 47 years. She said, Gary, two things. The more you cry, the less you pee. So sit down there and cry a minute. <laughs> I think that's wonderful. <laughs> and I got through, and she said, I got a guy here in town that needs somebody to talk to him. Here's his address. You go out. That was her conversation with me about my heartbreak. And you know what? It worked. About 15 or 18 times it worked <laughs> every time. <laughs> uh, let's go back over here to uh, Casey. Casey, do we have any more questions? I do have one more question. Can you hear me? Okay, then I have a third question. I I'm listening. I don't know if I'm hearing. <laughs> How do you know when you are following God's will for you versus the will you say is God's in your brain? Well, a lot of times I don't. It's usually in the outcome when I really know. Uh, I don't even know if I need to know. I need to seek God's will a whole lot more than I need to know it. Uh, and that may be different for each person. My concept of a higher power is not interested in whether I'm going to shop at Neiman's or Lord and Taylor or doesn't know what color socks I'm wearing or doesn't care about any of the external things. He cares about what kind of person I am. Uh, what do I have to do to be a representative of grace out there among his kids? So the only way I know to do it is get up and do my spiritual hygiene on a daily basis. Try to fit myself to be of maximum benefit. It doesn't even mean I have to be. I just have to try to keep myself fit. And I don't know how to do that without uh, just following the instructions in that book. I still read 86 to 88 from the book every morning. I haven't put it in my, because that's what I'm asking new people to do. One of the benefits of sponsoring is I can't ask them to do what I won't do, which is one reason I don't want to do a whole lot. <laughs> and the book doesn't ask us to do a whole lot. It asks us to do simple daily rituals repetitively. And gradually that expands our life. So I don't know God's will. I've, I've mistaken it some. But our book gives some good hints. Talk to somebody about it. That's a big deal. My first sponsor used to say, talking to God is praying. Hearing God talk to you is schizophrenia. <laughs> you might want to run these ideas by somebody else. And sponsoring, back to the first lady's question, I never tell my sponsors what to do. What I tell them is, I want you to say out loud to me what you're planning on doing. The stuff in my head 
and I'm just talking to me, some of it sounds so sweet and so beautiful and so right. <laughs> but when I say it out loud to somebody, it's like, oh yeah, let's see, she is married. <laughs> uh, you know, it just, there, there's something about saying it out loud. The, the whole deal about God's will for me is, is summed up in, and for me, the only three real actions that our 12-step program calls us to do after a while. Every step has prayer in it. Prayer is an action. My first sponsor said, I don't care if you believe in God or not, believe in prayer. Prayer is an action. Take the action. God proves God to you. The second part of a spiritual walk is transparency. We have, I have always been so into me and so close in me. The idea of being transparent is so scary. And it remains that way. So we have to develop that. But when I walked in and picked up a chip, I was starting to become transparent and didn't even know it because the people in the room already knew me better than I knew me. And when I got a sponsor and began to talk to him, a little more transparency. And when I am doing that fourth step inventory, that's a lot of transparency. It gets even deeper when I'm sharing it. And then if I really want to become transparent, I realize that four through nine is really one step. Doing those ninth step amends is all about just letting somebody in. And then I got to stay that way. So page 84 has got a 10th step. It tells me the best way to gauge whether I'm knowing God's will or not. I ask God, talk to somebody if I need to, and then turn my thoughts to somebody I can help. I kind of go along with Chamberlain, Chuck Chamberlain. If what I'm planning on doing is something I really, really want to do, it's probably not God's will. <laughs> okay, one last question, because I know these people want to get to the pizza and everything that is behind them up there, back there. Uh, and this is kind of a question slash comment. So a lot of the feedback that I have received on the podcast is regarding you and a subject that you brought up a couple different times when you were on there. And it's the subject of secrets. And you talked about secrets, and it really hit home with a lot of people. So why don't you go over that particular subject, and then we'll uh, wrap it up. Well, that's part of the transparency. I've always identified with when Bill said the alcoholic more than most leads a double life. I had the idea is out of sight, out of mind, no harm, no foul. You know, as long as you don't find out, it's not going to hurt you. And I came in with so many secrets uh, that I didn't even know about. And later I'm to find out they weren't secrets. I just thought people didn't know this stuff. But it's, it's so hard to open up and tell you about me. But now, I was a minister for all those years, and I tell you, one, one problem I had is sin just never bothered me. And I don't say that in a funny way, you know. It's like, 
What's the harm in that? You know, particularly the sins around pleasure. And I got into this program, I'm doing that inventory, and I had a sponsor that took me that fourth column, and then he took me into the fears in those columns. I found out about dishonesty and about being frightened and selfishness and self-centeredness. For me, those are my defects. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do about this thing of not being bothered by what a lot of people call sin? And I got out of six and seven my answer. I can do anything I want to do. The way my sponsor said it, Gary and AA, we don't care what you do. You can sleep with other people's wives if you want to. We don't care. Just make sure it's okay with her husband and your wife. (laughs) So like I tell my guys, you want to do internet gambling? You want to do internet romances? You want to do the, the porn and all that stuff? We don't care. We're not here to judge. Just put that computer out on the kitchen table where your family can see what you're doing. Because what I'm doing isn't going to kill me unless I'm doing it against me. And if I'm trying to hide it from you, I'm doing it against me. And my discovery, John, has been that when I've got a secret, when I have a secret, any kind of secret, it begins and finally it cuts off all intimacy with everybody. Because keeping my secret becomes more important than being at one with you. The word that's used most in our program to describe alcoholism is loneliness. And when I have those secrets, I'm right back into me and I get back to just being me and me and that God-awful loneliness takes over again. So I've got to continually do that. And today, I'll tell my sponsor everything. And a few times he said, why don't you go tell that in a meeting? They don't laugh more than about five minutes. Go ahead and do it. But I find, I, how many of y'all did what I used? I used to clean my house up when I was still drinking because I was always going to die. About every three months, I had some kind of terminal illness. And I didn't want my kids to come in. I'd take my drug paraphernalia and my porn and all that stuff, and I'd throw it all away, and I'd clean the house. And So they'd come in and think their dad was this wonderful guy. And hell, six weeks later, it's all back. And that's the way I used to try to address things. I'm going to clean me up. And what I've experienced in here, the only thing that can change my life is the power of God. And the only way I've ever experienced that power is through the 12-step program of AA. I know other people can experience it other other ways. But the secrets will kill us. Uh, And it's all out of fear. That fear inventory becomes... I read that, page 62... Driven by a hundred forms of fear. And Bill's a good writer, so that comma means and a hundred forms of self-delusion. And a hundred forms of the other one. You know, I'm just driven by this stuff. 
Well, what I found in here is a way to live, not where I don't ever have fear or self-pity or self-delusion. I'm The best we get to be as human beings, I'm going to have it every day. But I no longer have to be driven by it because I've got a tenth step. And I've got that 11th step evening review. And I talk about that like, well, man, I just caught on to that immediately. It probably took me five years to get all that incorporated in. But if I'm doing those, I'm not going to have any secrets. And the only way I can keep a secret now would be to cut people like Ricky and you and other people out of my life. I had an affair when I was maybe 13 years sober. I knew I shouldn't have done it. I told my sponsor, I'm going to do this. And he said, this one's going to get you, bud. I'm, all I'm going to ask you to do is pick up a newcomer and add a committed meeting to your week. And it took me about five days before I'd be in a meeting and I couldn't share because I knew I'd be lying. And then I started thinking, what if my sponsees find out? What if her husband finds out? What if, what if, what if? And I made it about three weeks. And I just could not do it. I had to go and make that amend. It it happened before. I had to go make a lot more. But God, it was exciting and fun, and it was evidently filling some kind of need of my ego and after that's when my sponsor got with me and said, now let's do some inventory and find out what you've been leaving out that you were trying to replace. And I, it may happen again. So just, you know, if we get a answer to your question, and I'm not saying this in a... Uh, in a manner that's just said lightly. I believe if I get a C or a C plus every day, I've had a good day. I don't know anybody on the A honor roll in Alcoholics Anonymous. I was a zero every day before coming to y'all. So a C or a C plus is pretty good grade. And then we've got the grace of the evening review. People, it's an open book test. (laughs) And I can look over that day and I can just do it. Doesn't take it doesn't take five minutes. It's like God grades on the curve and puts a little smiley face on the day. And the time comes when that word that's used in there, when we retire at night, most of the time I just retire this day. It's done. I don't need to come back and rework it tomorrow, relive it tomorrow, because whatever, whatever needs to be corrected has gotten corrected. But the secrets are horrible. The worst gossip in the world for me is not the talking about you that I do, it's the talking about me that I tell myself. The self-talk. It can either be the stuff about, oh, you're just a piece of crap, or it can be, well, this is really okay, nobody really understands. I have got to have some sounding boards. 
And back to that sponsorship question, thank God I've had people around me, like my current sponsor said, I'd much rather step on your toes than stand over your grave. As a sponsor, I'm going to be objective and not subjective. I've had sponsees cuss me. I've had them hang up on me. I've had them leave. And so far, they've all come back. Couldn't you just be on my side one time? Well, no. (laughs) Maybe next time. Gary, this has been absolutely fantastic. I really appreciate you coming in from Sulphur Springs, spending some time with all of us here tonight. Let's give him a big round of applause. Oh, thank you all. As always, it is a pleasure to spend time with Gary, Gary Kay and all the other folks that happen to be uh, attending at the event. Uh, we may be having another one of those events coming up in the near future. I don't know. I just kind of take it a step at a time, uh, see what I'm called towards, see where God leads this thing. And who knows? We may have another one coming up soon. Now, on to a little bit of uh, listener feedback Danielle writes in and Danielle says, Hey, John M. Well, hey, Danielle. She said, I just started listening a few days ago and I absolutely love the podcast. I really enjoyed Marty C. sharing on the fourth step is that as that is currently the step I'm working on. My sober date is June 14th of 2022. Uh, so I'm a little over seven months sober now. My home group is located in Spartanburg, South Carolina. I love, I absolutely love AA and being on this spiritual path to freedom. I'm so thankful for the wisdom and the guidance for those who have trudged the road of happy destiny before me. Thank you for everything that you do. Sincerely, Danielle W. Well, sounds like you are on the right path there, Miss Danielle. Thank you so much for writing in. I appreciate it and all your wonderful feedback. Jamie writes in and Jamie says, hi, John M. Crazy times. A month ago, my partner and I have been going through, oh, crazy times a month ago, my partner and I have been going through it. We met in AA and lost our way. Sadly, this morning, after doing his steps, he's ready to throw in the towel after six years and living together. Sorry to hear that, Jamie, but it may turn out to be the best thing in the long run. Then she says, but the crazy thing is after listening to your podcast, John, and hearing the message from some of your many speakers and people with time, I will be okay. Life is so funny. Life is so funny. Anyways, Jamie B. from San Diego. You're right, Jamie. Life is funny. And uh, I've been through many twists and turns that I thought were going to be the, the the death of me. or the just, It was just horrible. And it turned out to be the best thing for me. And I didn't even know it at the time. So God bless you, Jamie B. Uh, and thank you for letting us on Sober Speak be a, a, a small part of your journey. And I'm glad that our speakers were able to provide you some, some hope in a downtime. Mike Post in the Super Secret Facebook group. By the way, if you're not in the Super Secret Facebook group and you'd like to be, go to the Facebook application. 
Search for Sober Speak Secret Group. Ask for admission in there and we will get you on in. Anyway, Mike says, hello, my name is Mike and I'm an alcoholic. He's just posting this to everybody. He says, I'm trying to walk this sobriety path, but it's been so hard. I love listening to these podcasts because they inspire me to keep trying. I used to drink almost every day in and out of jail, failed relationships, and the only thing that made me happy was the bottom of the bottle. Good way to phrase that, Mike. I just wanted to drink myself into oblivion so I don't have to think. But listening to y'all's stories makes me believe I am halfway there. And he got all kinds of uh, comments and feedback on that, whatever you want to call it. I think, what are they called? Comments? <laughs> you know you know what I'm talking about. I'm not really uh, savvy in the, the, the social media world, even though I do have a super secret Facebook group. But nonetheless, uh, I just know enough to get around. But God bless you, Mike. And thank you for posting in there and being uh, vulnerable, being honest. And I uh, hope all that feedback that you got in there was good for you. Casey writes in and Casey says, uh, hi, John, I'm Casey from Montreal, Montreal. And I just had to write and say that I love your podcast. And the recent, then the recent episode with Rena sober for 47 years was just great. She is awesome. And so are you. Thanks for all you do. And you are correct. Casey, Rena is absolutely awesome. And I appreciate you writing in that feedback. I always like to hear things about the, uh, the, the, the guests that we have on, uh, and how people have, uh, uh, and how these guests have impacted their life. And, you know, if people had a moment with them, had, you know, maybe they realized something after listening to these folks. So if you want to write in about any of the speakers, feel free to. I'm at John, J-O-H-N, at Soberspeak.com. Rachel writes in and she says, hi, John M. Hello, Rachel. She says, I have been grateful. I am. Oh, I have been a grateful Al-Anon member for 20 years. My recovering alcoholic husband and I have been together for 28 years since we were 15 years old. I'll let you do the math. And she puts a smiley face. My mother is also an addict, but unfortunately not recovering or even recognizing it. My Fave Al-Anon gal pal and sponsor found Sober Speak a couple of years ago. An Al-Anon gal pal. I like that. She said, we met for lunch in a meeting every Friday to discuss the podcast that we have listened to. I'm not sure if I could even narrow down my li list of favorites. I just like them all so much, she says. But Joe Muck, uh, Charlie P., Matthew M., uh, with the Surrenders and Katie P are the ones that stand out the most. Billy K made me cry and I was thrilled to hear a great Al-Anon. The wisdom in AA is breathtaking and I am forever grateful for a disease that introduced me to such a life-changing program. On a separate note, I may pick your brain. My husband and I have been asked to lead a speaker meeting. Oh, yeah, I remember this. In March, we both nervously said yes uh, in service, but we have no idea how to essentially tell the same story. Have you ever heard a married couple give their story together? Any advice or creative input on how to even structure it? 
So I, I, so I've seen couples give their stories in the past, but I really don't have any feedback on how to structure it. And if anybody out there would like to send me something you have experienced strength and hope in regards to this, and that is uh, a couple sharing their story together, send me an email to john, J-O-H-N at soberspeak.com, and I will get that over to uh, Rachel. And then what she ends it with, lastly, thank you so much for all you do for the AA community. Your love of the program and your fellows is contagious. Your podcasts have made a huge impact on my life, getting me through car trips and during Rocky times. May God bless you and your family, Rachel W. Rachel W., thank you so much. Hopefully you're listening to this uh, on a car trip and not a rough time. (laughs) Thank you so much for writing in. Bradley writes in and Bradley says, Hey, John M., I just found the podcast this this week while searching up Mark Houston on Spotify. I love your infectious humor and positivity. I listen at work in a factory. Definitely helps me break up the monotony some. Well, Bradley, I hope that you're able to do that. I hope that you are listening to this in the factory right now and we're breaking up the monotony for you. He says, I live in Peoria, Illinois, and I've been sober since August 1st of 2022. Mark Houston, Joe Mook, Rena Kay, uh, they have all been a guiding light for me over the past couple of days at work. Much love to you. Keep up the awesomeness. Thanks for your service, Bradley. Uh, well, much love back at you, Bradley. And uh, you are the one who is awesomeness. You know, it just reminds me when our kids were younger, they used to say the word, they used to use it a lot, and they'd say, you know, that is just awesome sauce right there. So Bradley, I would say you are awesome sauce. Anyway, thanks for, thanks for writing in. Dana writes in, she says, hi, John, I am, I'm a a member of AA since August 1st of 1997 and becoming a regular attender and enjoyer of your podcast and web resources. I like that, attender and enjoyer of the podcast. She says, I love signing on, hearing music, your fantastic voice, the call outs, the shout outs, and and my brothers and sisters who who share the sober experience strength and hope each week. You're doing a great work for us, John and the lovely Mrs. M. Thank you. And I quote, I salute you for your sobriety, unquote, with a big thumbs up. Your friend in Canton, Texas, Dana C. Well, Dana C., right back at you. I salute you as well. It takes all of us doing this together, as you know. Finally, Lacey writes in. She says, Hi, John. I listen to random speakers in your podcast. I love Matthew M. and Buddy C. They are both very authentic and both share their, uh, both share through their experience. I just finished listening to Buddy C. on the one where he talks of his son and his book. Of course, I have listened to Matthew M. a bunch. Thank you, Lacey. Well, Lacey, thank you. And as you know, I uh, sent your message on to both Buddy and uh, Mr. Matthew M. there. So anyway, everybody, that is another episode of La Sebor Speak. Uh, wrapping up here, um, what do I need to say? Keep coming back. It works if it works it. May God bless you and keep you until then. I take this one week at a time. Hope to see you folks next week. Uh, until then, love you guys. Thanks for listening.